Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. From the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Now, I've been saying it's the weekend, you know, this whole show, but now officially we're after 5 o'clock. I know a bunch of people are ditching out early. That's what Reserve Street looks like anyway. But congratulations, boys and girls. Happy 4th of July weekend to you. You made it. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're happy to be along with all of you. If you missed anything in the first hour, check it out on the podcast. The Two Tell Nuanas podcast, available at all of your favorite podcasting outlets. You can rate, review, subscribe, and listen anytime you'd like. The podcast available thanks to Alpine Touch and Blackfoot. We also will be uh, live, as we always are, on our website, 1029ESPN.com. You can go there and listen to the stream. The stream available whenever you would like it. Thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. We go now to the Regis Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in a former Montana State All-American and a nine-year veteran of the National Football League who just announced his retirement earlier this week, friend of the show, Mike Person, back with us. Mike, thank you so much for coming back with us. We appreciate it very much. How are you? Happy 4th of July. Yeah, happy 4th, guys. I, I appreciate uh, the call getting me on, and... Uh... Yeah, it's good to be talking with you guys again. Well, we're happy to we're happy to have you back. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to get to. But first and foremost, it's the dang Fourth of July. Now I'm pumped up about the Fourth and the whole weekend. Where are you at right now? What are you doing for this weekend? So we're uh, we're at our house out in Columbus, Ohio, uh, just north of Columbus. But uh, we're pretty pumped up. See the kids uh, light off some fireworks. You know, they're they're still a little young, but they're excited trying to get them uh get them taught how we do it back home but uh yeah it uh it uh it's always a great time 4th of July brings back so many memories for me what 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 kind of memories like what are we talking about growing up and doing doing just all the all the things that go into it the grill and the fireworks the whole nine all that what else it, yeah so i grew up in glendive obviously but my mom she was from butte and she's the oldest of eight eight kids. So we'd always go over to Butte for the 4th of July and Christmas. Uh, and two I mean, good fighting holidays. Yeah. in Butte. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Exactly. You can imagine what that's like with eight aunts and uncles running around with 30 different cousins all over the place. Right. Not fireworks. And, uh, it, it brings back some, some good memories of 
starting fires that we shouldn't have. But, uh, yeah, it was good stuff. <laughs> Mike A. Coulter, Duanis, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, I, I can have a testament to that. You know, growing up with your cousins, the Lowney brothers, I uh, I spent many oh, of Fourth yeah. of Julys with those guys and uh, never, uh, never lacking for action. Jack actually called me the other day and said, hey, haven't seen you in a while. You should come on out to the house. I actually already had plans to go up to Flat Hill, so I would have I loved it because you're right. The Butte Lounies, they do it right. But, uh, man, t- take us through this last little while for you. I mean, first of all, congratulations on an awesome NFL career. I know everybody around – I can speak for everybody around the state of Montana. Very proud uh, for you to represent you know, the state and Montana State in general and, and your hometown of Glendive. And, of course, Butte. I mean, all roads lead to Butte, too. But take us through it. I mean, what what was the decision process like for you, and what all went into your decision to walk away from the game? You know, it, it it's just one of those things. It the NFL has well, football in general. It has a one hundred percent retirement rate. You know, you and Amen. most guys don't get a choice in when they're saying that they're done. You know, I I feel like that I've had a pretty good, pretty solid nine year run. Um, obviously I, I missed out on doing the one thing that most football players dream of doing and that's winning the Super Bowl. But, you know, we got close. We, we were really close there at the end this year, but, uh, you have to listen to your body. You have to listen to your family and it's time for me to spend more time and cherish the time with my wife and kids that are three kids that we have. You know, Mike, you mentioned the Super Bowl, and I know, you know, obviously you get to that point and then it doesn't go the way you want it to go, and it's 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 tough, man. It's just got to be just tr- truly, truly difficult to kind of get through that. But also, it, as you have a little bit of hindsight at this point, can you sit here and go, my gosh, I played in a Super Bowl. A billion people watched me play a football game. You have the whole lead up to it and everything that goes with it. I mean, does that that's amazing, right? I mean, that is that is simply an, an amazing thing to have done. And not just there. I mean, you played every offensive snap that San Francisco had in that game. Yeah, you know, it it, it crosses my mind every so often like what a cool team and personal accomplishment that is. But it's one of those deals, you know, I, I've, everyone who's asked me what it's like to be in the Super Bowl, my go-to answer is, you know, you, you get there, you're on top of the world, but when you lose in the fashion that we did, it, it makes you get down in the dumps pretty hard. You, uh, like, I, I, I still don't know if I've legitimately come out of it, but that, that's just the nature of the game, and you know, it, it's definitely a memory that I'll cherish for the rest of my life and hopefully can pass on some of those memories to my boys and my daughter. And, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely a cool thing. Mike Person joining us, former Montana State All-American offensive lineman, nine-year NFL veteran, recently retired from the NFL. And, I mean, disappointment aside, Mike, what a special and phenomenal season for San Francisco just take us through it. I mean, what does it take for a team to come together? Because as we know, in the NFL with the salary cap and the, the the margin of error is so thin, most teams are not that different in terms of the talent they have on their roster. It's all about injuries, luck, and chemistry. How was San Francisco able to put it all together this last year and win the NFC Championship? You know, like, I'm sure if you ask Brock or Dane the same question, they would say the same thing, and it all starts in the locker room. You know, it it requires guys to come together as, as one team. You know, I know it sounds corny, but these are guys from every single corner of the U S my, my example is the prime example, but you know, it, uh, you get guys from all walks of life and it's the guys that you have to find that'll buy in, you know, that, aren't going to start their own little click. And that's what I think was special about our team last year is, you know, we, we'd be hanging out in the locker room. It wouldn't be just the old lineman over here or just the DBs, just linebackers over there. You know, I Weston Richburg, our center and I, we'd, we'd go hang out with Richard Sherman every like once a week, you know, it, it, everybody made an effort to get to know, everybody else on that team. And 
I think that's what can put teams over the top is when you have that trust in each other like we did. Mike, when you mentioned the disappointment from the Super Bowl, how much of that do you think for you personally stems from just the amount of work that you put in to make it in the league at all? I mean, everybody works hard that's in the NFL, no question, but Aaron Donald was never not playing in the NFL. You know what I mean? Whereas you, <laughs> yeah. you had to take the long route, man, from the FCS to the practice squads to bouncing around, and then you finally get your starting spot, get the contract and the whole deal. I mean, you worked tirelessly to get to that spot, right? Yeah, I, I definitely took the scenic route, uh, as you'd say, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I saw all the peaks and valleys, that's for yeah, sure. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it it definitely it meant a lot because having been cut from three Super Bowl teams, finally to get there uh, with the team that I originally started with, that, that was something special, you know, and that's not to take away from any other guy in the NFL because who knows what their hardships that they've had to fight through their, not just their NFL career, but their entire life, you know, but it, uh, it was definitely special to get there and it's a memory that I'm sure in a couple of years, I'll look back with a lot of fondness. Say it after your career, a ton of games played 48 starts over the last four or five seasons. But like you said, it, it took a lot of perseverance to get to that point. I've told your story on this show several times, but tell the folks your story because you're sitting there, you're drafted by the San Francisco 49ers, you're bouncing around practice squads, moving all over the country, and it, it's it, you're running out of time. You, you only have a certain amount of time left. You can even be on the taxi squad for any NFL team. And then you get your big break. Tell people the story of just you know how you kind of wrote it all the way down to the end before finally getting a chance and then, and then making it happen over these last five or six years. Yeah, I mean, I I was one of the lucky few that had more than two teams take a chance on me. You know, it that's what it boils down to. You know, there's a bunch of guys with a lot of talent that just kind of fall through the cracks because maybe they don't get it right away. They don't get it within their first couple of years. Um, but I like to think that throughout my nine years, I, I showed up to work and put my nose down and busted my tail. So it, sure, there was times where I questioned whether I would ever get that big break. You know, it, it, it's not necessarily that I was just on the practice squad for six weeks, but it, I didn't dress for my first three years, even though I was on the active roster, but it's just the fact that you just have to keep coming to work every single day. And, you know, eventually that's going to pay off. Even if you see other people passing you up, you just still have to believe in yourself and, and believe that it's going to pay off. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right. Golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Yeah, and you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they're talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. It, you were in the league for a while before you played in the league. What was it yeah. like the first time you stepped onto the field and you were going to take a live snap in the NFL? Yeah, uh what year was it it was so first week of my third season um i was the swing tackle third tight end and we had a big jumbo package and i was with the seahawks we were down in uh, carolina 
And, you know, I, I'm pumped because first time I've dressed, decided to go. They, they finally called the package for me to go in. I go in at a tight end, going to run the ball towards me. Uh, I jump off sides. <laughs> <laughs> so it, I, uh, I, I was, I was pretty anxious, raring to go, but you know, it, the first time you put those pads on and do warm ups in the NFL, it, it's pretty special. It's the same thing with the first time. I remember the first time I put the pads on, we we're walking across from the field house over to Bobcat stadium. I can still smell the bratwurst. It, it mm. there's just things that stick with you in life. And the, the first time you put on pads in the NFL is one of those. What's the craziest part about playing in the league? The craziest part about playing in the league is going against Aaron Donald. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's like last year, uh, last year on Hard Knocks, right? The Raiders are the featured team, and Richie Incognito, who is absolutely one of the wildest and toughest dudes that has played in the last 20 years, they're having a little preseason practice scrimmage with the Rams, and he goes up to Gruden afterwards. He's like, man. I'm a pro bowler. I cannot block this dude. Like, I cannot block 99. He's not a human. <laughs> Is there anybody else that was super memorable, though, that you went against, or any other guys that were just like, man, this guy's just something different? Yeah, there are. You know, one of the most underrated guys in the NFL, in my opinion, is Grady Jarrett. He's no, he's plays for the Falcons. Uh, he was actually a rookie my first year in Atlanta, and he he deserves every single penny that that kid is going to get, you know, in the near future because he he's darn near on the same level as Aaron Donald. He he's a very talented player. Ooh, ooh, um, that's that's some big words he, now, there, Mike. He uh he he's good. You throw on that tape and watch him. He uh I mean he obviously he doesn't have the twitch that Aaron does, but he's every bit the player, man. He he's an all day sucker. Um. Interior guys, you know, it, I'm pretty partial to our guys that we had in San Francisco last year. You know, DeForest, he's he's uh, he's in Indianapolis now, but holy cow, man, he he's a pain in the butt to block every day during training camp. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, that that was the story JP Flynn told on this show. He said, you know, I I show up, I'm on the practice squad, and and uh, I realize the 49ers make you do pre-practice workouts on the practice squad. So I'm I'm completely shot going to practice. I got no energy. And then DeForest Buckner sticks his hand all the way down my throat the very first play. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not a good feeling because I have short arms. <laughs> use a long arm and put their hand right in the middle of my chest, and I'm just swinging at air trying to get there. <laughs> Man, DeForest Buckner does have some limbs. Yes, that is does. a fact. Uh, Mike Person <laughs> joining us just retiring, announcing it earlier this week after nine years in the NFL, most recently with the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, Mike, uh, we know, again, the path that you were on, how hard you had to work and the amount of focus then that it took. That it, you know, I'm sure, especially in season, it's all football all the time. You just got to be about it. But also, there's in this country, there is there is very little, perhaps nothing, that approaches the societal level that you are if you are an NFL football player. I mean, what that means when you walk around the community, people who know what you know what's going on. What do you? What was the coolest thing that you remember? One of the things that you'll take with you from off the field that you know maybe you got to do, got to see, or, or what, what it might have been as a result of playing in the league. You know, I, I live a pretty low-key life i just kind of hang out with the family uh with the wife and kids but i mean that one of the coolest things was last year uh the sharks had us out for a playoff game the entire offensive line uh i'm sure you you saw the clip of all of us drinking and me spiking a beer off of mcglinchy's face but that uh that was that was pretty fun that's the uh, way to get the crowd amped up right there in san jose right <laughs> i guess now do you but, like hockey is there like is there a thing in the bay some some towns pittsburgh really notably right where where all the sports 
teams are sort of, you know, bootstrapping and rooting for each other. This happens a lot of places, but, you know, was there a deal in the Bay Area? You go to the San Jose Sharks games, maybe Warriors games, something like that, where you say, you know, everybody's trying to sort of root for their for their town, for their area? Well, I know a few years ago they had a deal like root for the Bay or something where all the teams tried to pull together. Um, but I don't know where that's gone. But I, I know that the... 49ers and Sharks have a pretty good relationship. They're only about five miles apart. Um, one road trip this year that we had, the Sharks all gave the O-line uh, jerseys, and we all wore those on our uh, plane trip out. So that, that was a cool little gesture for us. And then I think uh, some of the Sharks players got a bunch of the football football jerseys, and they came out and big thing in San Francisco is ring the foghorn before the game. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think teams just in general try and pull together when they're from the same area. What's something about the NFL that maybe the common fan doesn't understand or just doesn't know about? We don't just play games. We actually have to practice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the majority of what that's what Favre says, right? They don't play us to pay us to play, they pay us to practice. Yeah, some days are for fun, man. They they pay us to practice, but uh well they paid me to practice, not anymore. Uh, <laughs> but uh no, it it's not just I I've ran across quite a few people who ask me what it's like and they're kinda of shocked by the hours that we actually have to put in. Um they a lot of people think it's kind of a country club atmosphere where you just go and try and, uh, you know, just talk, talk all day, maybe play a little football, and it's a blast. But you know, it, it's—I hate this word, but it's a grind. It—it's something that you have to be fully invested in because it'll chew you up and spit you out faster than you know. Uh, you know that. Sure, you're. Work day is from 8 to 5, but if you really want to commit yourself, you're there at at 6 a.m. and you're leaving at 7. Darn near every day. And it, it, if you're not mentally prepared, uh, it it's a shocker, like it was for me my first year with Harbaugh. So, so this leads me to my next question then, and maybe it's a dumb question. Is being in the NFL fun? Yeah, I mean – Obviously, you know, in the moment, it it might not be in the middle of training camp. It might suck, but you know, reflecting back, it was nine of the most fun years that I've had in my life, my short life. But um, it has its moments. Obviously, it doesn't feel good when you get cut from a team um, and you don't know what your next move is, but on the flip side of that coin, when you get named the starter, when you didn't expect to even make the team, that, that, that's pretty special. Well, it beats the cube form as middle management in some corporation, right? You're sitting out there with a headset <laughs> on at a computer, right? I mean, that could be, it could get, no it could get a lot worse. No question. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the element of the locker room, and I find the dynamic and the and the comparison between college football and pro football so interesting because uh, so often in pro football, your rosters really are in flux. You might have some core guys that NFL teams are invested in, but so many of the guys are new or on their way out, and for it to come all, to, all together, a lot of times it just takes a special moment in time that maybe only lasts for maybe a year or two with that same group of guys getting along, whereas a college program, especially because the head coach has so much to do with it, he can build it, he can build this culture, and it can culminate like it did for you guys at Montana State when you mm-hmm. broke through and won that first Big Sky title in 2010. Compare and contrast those two things because it seems like uh, there's a special element of magic that goes into pro football teams finding that chemistry, but it seems like it's also uh, such a joyous moment when it happens to you when you're a college kid. Yeah, I mean, there's... N- there's honestly not really any comparison between the two. Um, you know, college, those are some of my best friends that I'll have for the rest of my life. Uh, not just in the locker room, but just in general. Whereas the NFL, your, your colleagues, you know, yeah, your, your buds, but 
who knows, maybe five years down the road, you might not have talked to that guy in four years. Um, but I, I think with an NFL locker room, it starts from the top in terms of players. You have your core group of players that they kind of decide how the environment is. So ours last year, we had Joe and Richard Sherman and uh, DeForest, Eric Armstead. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on some of my other teammates. It's, it's bad, but, you know, they, they kind of, they really fostered an environment that welcomed everybody. It doesn't matter if you've been on this team for 10 years or four, 10 hours, you know, they're, everyone was going to welcome you in and try and get to know you because at the end of the day, we have to trust you if you're going to be going on the field with us. Well, Mike, I'll tell you what, we certainly appreciate once again your time with us. Uh, we wish you the best this weekend. Relax, enjoy with the family and all of that. You have certainly earned it. And again, to uh, echo Coulter's uh, sentiments, what a great career and to, to represent the state of Montana, your university, your town, the way you did. Remarkable stuff and congratulations all the way around. Really proud of you, happy for you, and, and wish you the best. And we'll watch you as you go, all right? I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. You bet. Mike Person, former Montana State All-American, nine-year NFL veteran, retired just a couple of days ago. I mean, how, how does it get better? How does it get better than Mike Person, man? Just, you know, I guess the coolest thing I did was I went to a Sharks game and <laughs> spiked a beer off the mascot's head because pretty much I lay low with the family nine years. He's, league, he's always it. been the same, man. His senior year was my first year back in Montana, and uh, – He's always been the same guy, man. He's a, he's a good dude, comes from a good family. He ain't lying either. I'm telling you, when he said that they have 30 cousins, they do. Yeah. And like my buddies, the Loudies, they already all have four kids. There's four brothers. They all got three or four kids. They already got 16 cousins. Just None of them is even like 35 yet. Keep it going. Just yeah. keep it yeah. going. Why yeah. not? Uh, that was fun. We appreciate Mike very much for doing that. Quick break on the other side. Who's coming next? Maybe a kid named Dylan Rollins. We'll use him as a case study. What's going on with Montana high school football? An examination next. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Boys and girls running downhill to a uh, long weekend. And I'm not saying this to rub it in. I just do want you to know, just for the record, Coulter and I are on vacation next week. And <laughs> it's the most we've ever promoted anything in our lives. I mean, not Grizz Greats, not uh, Two Tell Nuanas podcast. It's because I have this inordinate belief of the amount of love that people have for us mm. and the disappointment that they will have if they turn on their radios monday afternoon and and we're not there because we're not going to be there uh you know and i i want to save them the initial shock it could be detrimental we could cause a car accident or something i don't want that to happen uh coulter this was uh you you, you came to me earlier you said listen man let's talk about this dylan rollins sentinel high school missoula sentinel high school offensive lineman he has an offer from basically every fcs program in the country uh he's got a lot of offers i think he's got officially 10 division one offers he also though uh has has he been offered or he's been welcome to visit or whatever from nebraska he got offered a preferred walk-on from nebraska okay. the other day preferred walk-on for to nebraska so that is uh that's getting it done particularly as an offensive lineman to uh to be taking a look down in lincoln you said, though, I think it's been seven years 
since the last time a Montana kid went to an FBS program, any position, any program. I mean, that's remarkable to think about that. And we thought, you know, why are some of the reasons that I know I got a couple of theories or thoughts on it. I know you do as well. Yeah. And and you take it one step further. Missoula, despite the um, unbelievable run of the University of Montana over a 25-year span in football, and you know the two national championships, seven national championship game appearances, you know, a record 12 straight Big Sky Conference titles, 17 playoff appearances in a row. There's no doubt Missoula is a football town, but that that rise to prominence has overshadowed the fact that it's actually more of a basketball town. And when you talk about the guys that come out of Missoula, all of the big-time athletes that have come out of Missoula in the last 20 years have been basketball guys. Well, the guys that have gone top level, you know, big sky or bigger, have been basketball guys. So you take it one step further. Not only has there not been a guy out of the state of Montana, period, that's gone FBS in seven years, but in Missoula, I was actually talking to Dylan's dad, Josh Rollins. Josh played uh, for the Montana State in the, in the late 90s, a guy who works here in town, a business guy. And we were thinking, we were like going through all the names. Who's the last big time Missoula? product in football and we couldn't think of anybody that's gone you know, bigger than the Grizz mm-hmm. that's pretty crazy when you think about it and Dylan Rollins he could he could check two boxes if he goes FBS because he could end that streak for uh, Montana players and he also could really be the breakthrough guy of his generation basically well when it comes to um Going FBS out of out of you know Missoula Sentinel to to emphasize your point, I'm not just talking about Missoula now, but we talk all the time about why there's so many Division One, aka Big Sky level football players, but not basketball players. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you talk about you know Raleigh Wooster mm-hmm. now going to to Utah State. Trey Stinkle has obviously been at Oregon State. Josh yep. Eustis played for the Dagnab Oklahoma City Thunder after totally. going to Stanford. Totally. So the number of kids who have gone to play above the level right. of of you know big sky covers in the power five right. Mountain West right. has been basketball and, and Brock Osweiler he could have played at Gonzaga that's right and it, so it kind of gets overlooked because so maybe that's the guy right Brock Osweiler was the last Montana because nah, he that he was my brother's class so that's two thousand nine so that's going back yeah, Matt Miller was in two thousand ten okay. Tanner Roderick went to Nevada in two thousand and eleven. But I'm, I'm trying to think of who the guy was. It would have been the 2012 season, but I don't I don't know who it is. But do you want to know what at least part of the answer to the question is to me? What's that? The Cats and the Grizz. Yeah. Like the Montana and Montana State do a great job sure. of corralling the right. talent in the state. And there are right. definitely kids who could go play ball. But why would you want to, if you're from Great Falls, play at Wyoming? Or play in Bozeman or Missoula. Yeah. Like, yeah. probably you want, you know, it, it, it may, I mean, I don't know, but probably it's a better experience for you, or at least uh, higher on your radar to stay there than go to, you know, a, a, a potentially mid-level, okay, Mountain West school. Yeah. Several factors here um, when it comes to the recruiting of, of Montana. First of all, I think that when Dennis Erickson was still a college head coach, that was a pipeline to get a few guys out of Montana. I mean, there were several guys that went to play for Coach Erickson when he was at Oregon State, when he was at Washington State, when he was at Arizona State. That's where Brock Osweiler got his in to go to Arizona State was from Coach Erickson because he has deep Montana ties. Jeff Choate being at Boise State. Jeff Choate was the one that talked Chris Peterson into coming to recruit the state of Montana. So you had a guy like Tanya Bissell from Bozeman that went to Boise State. A guy like Matt Miller. I mean, Will Disley, Jeff Choate had a big hand in recruiting Will Disley to Washington. So Choate now being in state, he can then, you know, he knew that there was some hidden gems in Montana. Now he's getting them to stay in state. That That's a factor. And, and I, I mean, I think that um, I cannot, I, his, his name escapes me, but there was a guy who was a special teams coordinator slash offensive line coach at Notre Dame. And people would think, Lou Holtz. That, that, people would say, that's crazy. There's no way. But there was two, the Ryan brothers, out of Billings, they both went to Notre Dame in the late '90s. So there was, there's, there used to be guys with Montana connections. You know, Sonny Lubick when he was the D coordinator at uh, Miami, but then the head coach at Colorado State. I yeah. mean, McDelaney when he was at Colorado State. Those guys were recruiting to the Mountain West, 
And those connections now, they've all either come back to Montana or retired from the game. So I think that part has gone away a little bit. I think that's a great point by you because the flip side to Montana and Montana State doing a great job recruiting in-state, which they do, is also football as such doesn't get recruited by teams that aren't from Montana in the state of Montana. Totally. So, I mean, this is essentially restating what you just said, but basketball, what do you have? AAU hoops, travel teams, going to Vegas tournaments, whatever it might be. There's exposure you get seen. And you can talk to me all day about huddle and video, and you can put that together. But you know what? Everyone can. And I don't care who you are. There's no coach in America that's looking at 40,000 high schoolers that are sending out their own thing or linking their own video. You know what I mean? It's just not happening. And so you you look at as many as you can, but obviously you got to know where to go and – Unless you have a connection to Montana, you are probably not going to the state of Montana to look at it. Now, the one thing I would say is if you know that's true or if you think that might be true, why not? Like maybe yeah. maybe you assume if a kid's good enough that that exposure is ultimately going to be there and you're going to find him. But it seems to me like some Mountain West schools could make hay in the state of Montana Mm -hmm. by being the only Mountain West team recruiting actively the state of Montana and get a kid or two every year that nobody else is even looking at in in your conference, you know? Definitely. One thing that could have an impact on all this, too, is that, first first of all, I think another thing that's had an impact on this is – the um, the erosion of the programs at some of the premier, what used to be some of the premier schools, particularly Great Falls CMR. I, I've I've said this many times on this show, but like when I was in high school, I mean, when you talk about late '80s through when I was in high school in the early 2000s, CMR had three or four FBS guys every single year. I mean, I remember when I was a sophomore in high school, they had five guys that were going FBS. That I mean, that's that's not even a thing in Montana anymore. Mm-hmm. Part of it was because of the Air Force Base just having a lot more people living on it. And so you had a lot of you know out-of-state families that had then moved there and their kids then were in high school. And you know part of it was just the tradition, the cultivation of talent. And right. part of it's just luck. I mean, you, you can say what you want about their personalities and their trials and tribulations personally, but like Ryan and Brady Leaf, when those guys just grow up in your town, that's just luck. I mean, you just got two six six guys that can throw the ball a country mile. I mean... They only come around every so often. It's it's just total luck. But I think the other thing that could be interesting moving forward is we're seeing the explosion of Bozeman. We're seeing the access that the Bozeman Airport has. Bozeman International Airport has way more direct flights than any other airport in the state by so much. At the same time, Bozeman High School is that program now. They are the one high school now that has four or five Division One kids every year. Granted, there hasn't been a guy that's gone FBS from there in a little while, but Kenneth Iden is getting a little bit of FBS interest right now. He was the AA Defensive Player of the Year last year as a junior. But that direct flight makes it a lot easier mm. to come to Bozeman to recruit. Mm. The other thing is when you, you see some of the affluency that's happening, especially in Bozeman, but you know around the state too, there's some families that have moved to the state that have some money, or there's just families that just have a better element of resources. Camps is what gets you noticed. I mean, I, I've said this all along. I mean, Jesse Sims was a good player for the Grizz. You know, I mean, he was a, he was a captain last year. But when Jesse Sims was in high school, he got the opportunity to go to a camp at Oregon State. He balled out at that camp. All of a sudden, he gets an Oregon State offer, a Nebraska offer. It was a great job by the Grizzlies to win him. They all wanted him to play tight end. He wanted to play defense. Okay, so, you know, Montana, the hometown flavor. His sister's playing for the Lady Grizz. That wins out. But he could have he gone bigger. But there's a, a lot of guys that I think that if – if they just weren't living in their own little Montana world. If Troy Anderson goes to a camp at the University of Washington, he's playing the Pac-12. Point blank period, it doesn't even matter. You're getting an offer. Yeah. And maybe he chooses Montana State anyways because he is that kind of kid. But Troy Anderson had no FBS offers because no FBS teams knew who he was. That's it. It has nothing to do with talent or evaluation. Totally. Stu Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. One final break. We'll round out the week, head you into the 4th of July right after this. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better, by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house, and like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house, you left it in my house, and I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I actually think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short, everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana, Shoto Shout Out Original Alpine Touch, and it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Makes my head hurt. You're not old enough to talk about the old days, Coulter. I don't know that I am. Ah, man. It's too telling. The one is 102.90 ESPN Radio. I do remember before the internet. That will be the ultimate mm. bisecting line mm-hmm. of how mm-hmm. old are you. Okay, I got I to tell a story real quick. We, Hold you, on. You, you do the thing. Do the thing. The thing is this. We're not going to be around next week. <laughs> so you need to get us... And here's how you're going to do it. You're going to go onto the World Wide Web and you're going to listen to a Dagnab podcast. It's the Two Tell Nuanas podcast. It's available wherever you get podcasts. And if you missed any of them, you should go catch up because we've actually had some incredible interviews lately. I thought Travis DeCure's interview yesterday was awesome. Mike yep. Person's interview from earlier today, excellent. So go catch up with uh, all your Two Tell Nuanas while we're away next week. Certainly go ahead and do that. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. If you've never listened to a podcast, if you don't know how to do it, it I, first of all, I commiserate with you, okay? This is not me saying, you know, whatever, come along with it. I, I also am behind here on this thing, but I get it now, and I really like it, and you should too. You don't even have to have the internet. After you've gotten the podcast, you can go into the woods, into the bob, and have yourself a time, and you can still have us there to comfort you and protect you from the bears. The podcast, by the way, is available thanks to Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. Go ahead, Cole. Two, two things. First of all, to put a bow on our last segment uh, yes. about Dylan Rollins, Missoula Central Offensive Lineman, as well as just our analysis on um, FBS players coming out of the state of Montana. There's a great article by Frank Gogolo, who, by the way, i got to give those guys credit. I know that you know our format, people always ask us, what, what are you guys talking about? And we said, well, you know, we're just the two best friends anybody ever had, so we just sit here and talk about everything. It's like a therapy session every day. Yeah, but it's—I mean, I, t- I tell you this—you know, I, I'm a writer too. I haven't written anything in a couple weeks, Scott. On sports, by the way, next week during my vacation, some of my vacations can be used writing. So check there out ScottSportsMT.com. But shout out to the guys down the Missoula, Bill Speltz, Jordan Hansen, Frank Gogola. They've done a good job of keeping people informed and finding stories, even though there hasn't been a lot of stories to be found. But Frank wrote a great feature on Dylan Rollins, uh, and I got to give you this little detail, and then this. Outstanding offensive lineman quote. Oh, the, First the of all, Dylan fellas. Rollins, six five and a half, two hundred eighty five pounds, is a seventeen year old. That's pretty nice and and lean, mean. I mean, lean is is what he is. Stunning. So, so here's how you do it. His daily routine: he eats a sandwich between each and every class period. Except for during first period weight training and fifth period, because that's right after lunch. So he has lunch. Okay. <laughs> and so sandwiches, though, the whole rest of the day. By the way, if you're wondering, lunch is between the periods. Right. So it still counts. Uh, and yeah, he tries to uh, eat from the minute he wakes up to the minute he goes to bed. And that's how you get up to 285. Him and Bryson DeChambeau. That's right. But uh, this is a quote from Rollins in Frank's article. He said, a lot of my teachers make jokes about it because I'm always just eating. I have to make sure I'm eating good food, though, because if it's if all I'm eating is chocolate muffins and chips, I'm going to look like a chocolate muffin. I'm going to play like a chocolate muffin, and that ain't any good for anybody. 
offensive line quote. I love it. That's right. You got to stay away from the chocolate muffins. I, I, it, I don't know when it occurred to me. I don't know that it has occurred to me, but the, the chocolate chip muffins are just so egregiously good. They are. And yet somehow in my mind, I'm like, well, it's healthy. It's a muffin. It's not cake. It is. It is cake. It is cake. With chocolate in it. Uh, Here's my story about back in the day. So the other night I was uh, perusing on the ESPN Plus app, which I would highly recommend for anybody uh, that's a sports fan. All sorts of great content on there. But they have uncovered and released the first 10 UFCs. Okay. So people that follow the, the UFC, the, 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 yeah, okay. the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Yeah. People that follow the UFC now, the UFC now is basically an Ultimate Fighting League, and there's a UFC fight about once every three weeks. There's usually, you know, between. Yeah, we're up to 250 of these. Yeah, things. I mean, there's yeah. between 15 and 20 of them a year. Yep. Uh, and I mean, it's a heavily sanctioned thing. It can be. It happens all over the the world. Most guys that participate in MMA are truly mixed martial art guys. They, you know, they have a, a probably a baseline background in something, but they've trained in multiple different disciplines. And the rules, while some people, including yourself, think think it's um, still brutal, and uh, the the rules have gotten a lot more strict. Well, there are rules. There are rules. So the first ten UFCs, the first UFC one, there's no rules. There's no rules. There's no rounds. There's no timing on the match. There's, there's no weight classes. There's no right? weight classes. Yeah. There's nothing. Everything is allowed. A kick to the groin is allowed. A gouge to the eye is allowed. An elbow to the head while you're down. A knee to the ear. It's allowed. We're watching this the other night. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe what I was watching. The very first match is the, the I can't remember his name, but he was the world champion in kickboxing against the world champion in sumo wrestling. The sumo <laughs> charges the kickboxer. The kickboxer backsteps him and two-step sidekicks him in the face, knocks out all his teeth. I mean, it was it was horrific. Guys now know how to defend themselves, at least. You might get kicked in the head, but it's through a guard the or something. The sumo guy, has, he just thinks he's going to big man him. And, and, and just done. I mean, he is done. But, I mean, what a crazy thing. But your comment about the internet reminded me because then you get to UFC 2, and that's when the internet has just now come out. Mm. So they're, like, pumping up the archiving of the video somehow on this archaic dial-up. I can't even remember what the distributor was called, but we were just laughing so hard. Like, man, this this was only 26 years ago, and the internet is not a thing in the world at this moment. Bro, do you know what I did in college? I researched in books. I had to go to the library and look up things on the Dewey Decimal. Now, they had started to archive the Dewey Decimal on computers so you could look that up at least without the paper catalog. Mm -hmm. But I had to go pull down dusty volumes that had not been opened in who knows how long, perhaps ever, because I did a bunch of archaic things myself while I was in college, and page through and find things. You know what you do now? Google. Okay, Google. You know what my daughter does? She's a, she says, Dad, can I ask Siri a question? That's what she says to oh, that's me good. a couple times that's today. Good. good. The and other craziest part wait, about... I'm not done. Okay, sorry, sorry. Punchline. I I give in once in every 10 times, but it's the same question. Siri, show me videos of slime. <laughs> Wants to see how to make slime. You know what comes up? thousand videos of how to make slime. That, like, not even just one. I mean... How 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 many people have made videos of how to make slime in the world? Thousands of hours have been spent doing this, committing it to video and uploading it to the internet. It's, it's a mind-boggling. Okay, go ahead. The last craziest part about this, okay, is that now it, it's it's bouts like championship bouts. And you, you fight your one bout. It's been on the schedule, and then you, you fight it, and it, maybe it's for a title or maybe it's for a contender spot. That's all. The first 10 of these, though, it's a tournament. And so it's an eight-man tournament, but you have to fight to win it three times in a row in the same day, in, in the same evening. We were sitting there debating, is this in real time? Because if it is, the thing only lasted an hour and 45 minutes. If you had to fight three fights that are between 10 and 12 minutes long each with no round stoppages. 
I just can't even. I, I my mind was blown. I couldn't even believe that this was a thing. And I, I I'm totally. I am a, a big time fan of fighting and and mixed martial arts. I can totally see why that was so controversial because it is so beyond brutal. I couldn't even. I mean, it's it's when you're watching, you're like, I'm watching something that's illegal. Yes, that is. That's right. That's how it feels. Something that is illegal. Like you shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and now it might be. Okay, very good. The way that uh, the Gracie boys, though, changed the game, man. Because, like, that first one, Hoist Gracie, he wins it. I mean, he is 5'9", 150 pounds. He's got no athletic prowess whatsoever. Brazilian, right? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you see Ken Shamrock in his prime. This is when Ken Shamrock is the K1 world champion. I mean, he is a worldwide phenomenon. He's gone to Japan and Korea as the first American to go dominate, like, the kickboxing ranks and he I mean he is Jack City and Hoist Gracie just climbs on him like a spider monkey and just yep. chokes him out. Yep. It's uh he's he's pretty good at it. Coulter, any recommendations for the weekend for the people before we go? Wear sunscreen, drink water, mm. be safe. Mm. If you go have fun, do it in small groups and wear your dang mask. This man, excellent job. On the spot you like ticked almost every box right there. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna limit myself to ten minutes of direct sunlight on the torso area, mm. and then we're going shirt back on because I just mm. it, it almost never fails. I know. I'm, I'm really self conscious about my my golf tan. I got. Oh no no no! I'm not. I'm not. Here's the fun thing: is if you can get a little burn going on your back, and you got your white stomach and your arms, you look like a Neapolitan ice cream cone. <laughs> Just what I want. Boys and girls, happy 4th of July. Stay safe. Be well. We are on vacation next week. We'll see you the following Monday, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.